You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host, Nate and Micah. Hello. Andy couldn't make it. He's probably going to be MIA for a few episodes at least. You know, it's that time of year. We, yeah. had, our, we had our guests give him some shit. I like that. <laughs> he probably ain't going to listen to it, so it don't matter. Well, I'm lying, but Dom basically only wanted to talk to Andy, and Andy let him down. Yeah. Yep. You're he didn't say that, but, you know, I feel like... Big old piece of poo, Andy. <laughs> Just a big old piece of poo. Uh, so, but he's out in the field. You know, it's harvest season, so he's super busy with work. And then he's got to, you know, jump out of the office and into a tractor. So that yep. time, that time of year, that time of year. Yeah. And so. uh, as we're recording this, it's cooling down a little bit tonight, dude. I, I yeah, you're I pissed at me. I am a little upset. It was windier than shit today, though. It was. I'm real. Yeah. Well, I don't know why you're pissed at me. I would, did not know about this weather pattern when we set this um, call up with Dom. Sure enough, but I gotta be mad at somebody, so I'm choosing He's you. Taking it out on me. Yes. Well, our show tonight is about 
hunting sh- shitty deer. No. We're going to call them urban deer. I said shitty anyway. <laughs> I know. City deer. Yeah. City deer. Or urban deer. Yeah. However you want to call it. Um, We have on a listener of ours yep. uh, who's uh, also a killer. His name's Dom Ehler. Yep. He, uh, he got back. He got in contact with us. It's been a little while, hasn't it? I don't remember. I'd yeah, have to go it's back. been a minute. But, but. Uh, Dom, yeah, we've been in contact with Dom for a little bit about coming on sometime. Uh, Dom hunts, well, he hunts both ways, but he bow hunts city deer in yep. the city, in a big city. And he's successful at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of talks about, like, the the positives, the negatives to it, kind of how he does stuff. It, some of the stuff he does is, in, you know, it's just interesting to listen to all the different ways people can hunt. Right. You know, because, like, wind, he doesn't really pay a lot of attention to just because of yeah. all the scent that's already in the air all the time there. And, you know, so he can be a little more aggressive when it comes to getting in on them. Yeah. Whereas... I, like we talked about in the show, you wouldn't catch me dead hunting an east wind at one of my properties. Right. Um, you know, so it's interesting to hear some of the stuff he does, some of the ways they uh, attack these deer, some of the, you know, kind of funnier things that have happened. Like how often have, uh, I won't, I won't. Yeah. Conversations with neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's out there getting it done. On at least the that guy was nice instead of the dude like with Rin Witty's no show that was a dick. Yeah. At least that guy just wanted to talk to him. I mean, he's out there getting it done on nine acres. I mean, yeah, we talk about it on the show and kind of what it's how it's kind of set up a little bit. But he's hunting nine acres and he's killing one fifties, one sixties, one seventies. So I mean, that's pretty impressive. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um. So good show. Hope y'all enjoy it. Let's hop into some sponsors before we start the show. Since we talk about him in the show, let's start with Lucky Buck. LuckyBuckMineral.com. Uh, should still be using it. It's you know they're obviously transitioning off of mineral right now, but yeah, they're gonna um, they're gonna just maybe get a lick hit lick in here and there, but just it's not you know put, put the tongue on it. <laughs> yeah, just touch it, just touch it. But uh, check just, them out though. Yeah, Lucky Buck, we're big fans. We 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 love their stuff. Lucky so, Buck. Onyx uh, Maps. Yep, use the code MWW20 for 20% off. And you got to go to the website to do that. So if you guys have been putting it off, hopefully, you know, you got your maps already set. Uh, but uh, Yeah, because Onyx is actually doing a lot. They're they're adding a lot of features that's helpful to the yeah. deer hunter. They got the wind They got now. the wind deal. That's huge. Um, it is huge. Because you can even set ideal winds, and it'll tell you Where how. The... And you can mark your exact stand location, which I do now with that app and uh it works pretty damn cool or yep. pretty damn well yeah i mean it's something i use on a daily basis for work yep. and hunting as well so uh you know go to the website mww20 save yourself some money river's edge tree stands um use your code use the if you go directly to river's edge tree stands website you can use the code missouri 10 for 10 percent off any hang on or ladder and that includes free uh shipping Yep. Um, there's some people that, you know, aren't really hunting yet in our state. Um, especially this last week, it's been hotter than hell <laughs> outside. <laughs> it's been hot, but you know, and Dom kind of touches on it a little bit. Deer are going to do what deer do. So if you, if they're showing up and you know, you're getting pictures of them, it's nothing wrong with going out there and sweating your balls off a little bit. Nope. No, not if you're going to kill a deer. Yeah. Um, so check them out. Uh, Cuddyback Trail Cams, use the code MOWW22 
uh, for 10% off uh, on them. Check them out, CodyBackDigital.com. Black Ovis. Use code MWW. Did you like? Did you like? Did you like the uh, the pause? I don't know. That was what it was. It was a pause. Okay. Did you like the real I did of you and your Black Ovis Merino lighting your cigarette? <laughs> well, look at this distinguished gentleman. Yeah, that was pretty good. Did I do a good job? Yeah, Were you not proud bad. of me on that one? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, usually you're like that was stupid. Well, usually your reels are pretty dumb. Well, I try. I I try. Well, I don't really try it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do it. How about that? Yeah. Uh, but you were wearing your Black Ovis Merino that we were trying out out there. Uh, big fan of the Merino wear. Uh, they're actually coming up with the new blends. I don't know if it's hit the uh, website or not, but uh, yeah. you know, we're big fans of Merino, and that's who we use our Merino from is the Black Ovis. MWW10 for 10% off if you want to save on stuff like that. Yeah, and their sister company, Camel Fire. Camel Fire, you know, it's a flash sale. I'm assuming most of you guys have updated your app since then, uh, but uh, so if you, weren't, if you were having troubles before, if you updated it. Update that app. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna get you what you got, need. They got whitetail stuff today. Yeah. Tree stands, hanging oh. sticks, or hang, climbing sticks. Yeah, climbing sticks, and um, chairs. Those climbing sticks right there are some of my favorite of all time. Yep, uh, I still have them. Muddy pros. They're just a little heavy, but they're they're cool sticks. Yep, they're comfortable. Um, yeah, so. they got all kinds of stuff. Oh, there's a fishing reel. Yep, got a few fishing things. Yep. Whenever you look it up, it's going to be totally different. So, oh, I don't know why we waste our time with this. But either way, it's a really cool website. Don't if, don't rush me off of looking at my if shit. If you need to, if you need some hunting stuff, I would check it every day because you never know whenever what Ooh, you need comes on for sale. Uncle Henry two piece slip joint, fifteen ninety nine. That's sixty three percent off, sir. Pretty good deal. If you need your new knife, I got some pretty good knives. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm scrolling today. I'm doing some. Oh, there's a water bladder. I probably need to upgrade my water bladder. I haven't changed it in four years. Does it go I'll, bad? No, I've my water bladder is the original one I was using out west, so I've yeah, had it for same. six years. Just dry so the I've damn thing out five. properly. Yeah. Uh, there's some Alps packs. Yeah. There's a spider descending from my can light. Look at that. Nobody can see this, but see that spider? No. No. Well, there's a spider right there. Uh, Arctic Shield right there, the boot insulators. I have a pair of those that I've used zero times in my life. I've used them I bet a they would work time. pretty good. Now I have the insulated boots, so <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping I don't have to mess That's 20 up. bucks I will never see back. But yeah, they're, hey. they're big, they're bulky. I don't like Anyway, them. check them out at camofire.com. And then last but not least, Midwest Gunworks. Safe. I need to change out my safety on one of my guns. Other than that, my six arc is ready to go. Ready to go. Just need to sight it in. And Just love to get that suppressor. That's about it. Oh, Se- yeah, seven months and counting for me. 90 days. You <laughs> 90 days guaranteed. Yeah, Imagine I, that. I would, I would like for The every, government screwed something up. I would like for everybody that uh, has ordered a suppressor and gotten it within 90 days to please message. No, I don't Missouri want to. I don't want to. And rub it in Nathan's face. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm uh, sitting at seven months, just so you know. So hopefully next month. Maybe there's something going on with me. I don't know. About. <laughs> well, I'm kind of in the same boat. Check them out, MidwestGunWorks.com. Use the code MWW5 yeah. for 5% off. Yep. You can get suppressors there. You can get any and every type of gun part and all sorts of good stuff when it comes to guns. They, If you have a gun issue, they're more than likely they have a solution for you. So, yep, MWW5. I need to get, I need to, we need to get with Cameron on Pat's uh, shotgun repair. Yeah, he was telling us about that. I forget what brand that shotgun was 
I don't remember. He told us, but I forgot. But, but the, um, they can repair it. Yeah. It was like a knockoff of Benelli or something like that. I can't. I, I don't remember. I really don't. But, uh, yep. Okay. So. Let's get into our show today with Dom Ehler this about is. hunting shitty deer. I mean, city deer. City deer. City deer. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Okay, with us tonight we got Dom Ehler. Dom, what's up, man? How's it going, guys? It's freaking hot. I want to be out hunting, but it's just too hot. It definitely is hot. Have you been able to make it out yet? So I've been out, um, let's see, three three times actually. Oh wow! I went out. I went out opening day, and I went out the sixteenth, and then I think. Um, this last Sunday okay, went out. So, so you just been sweating actually, your balls off. <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, uh, Sunday I sat up in the stand and I said, screw it. And I just, I just kept my shorts on. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I actually hunted from the stand in, in shorts, which was honestly a, probably a first. First so, for many it would have been. Yeah. Oh, I can't yeah. say I've ever done yeah. that. So. I mean, it was, it was, I loved it. it I mean, it, it, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's funny. Um, well, before we get into today's show, um, we're going to have you introduce yourself. Uh, tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do, and then you're from here. So what's your favorite thing about the Missouri outdoors? Okay. So uh, my name is Dominic Ehler. Uh, I live uh, in Lone Jack. Um, not too far, I don't think, from you guys. Home of the jackasses. I mean, mules. Yeah. <laughs> boys over there. No, you're yeah. you're a stone's throw away, man. Yep. I'm in that area yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's a good area. Um, I'm a paramedic. Um, I work at a, a local facility around town. Um, so I've been in the medical field for, I think, 14, 14, almost 15 years. So nice. had my medic ha- have my medic for about six years now so yeah yeah that's awesome man good time what about your uh, favorite thing about missouri oh yeah um so definitely bow i mean whitetail bow hunting by far my favorite um i recently got into my i had a buddy that actually got me into duck hunting last year so i kind of picked that up and I really enjoy that. Um, I would definitely say, though, that whitetail, number one. But the duck hunting thing is is definitely fun. Yeah. Dude, I'm scared. I'm scared to even try it. No, I, not, I've never not, been duck, goose. Not freaking doing it. Um, because not, it's just another yep. another rabbit hole of things that I would have to buy and more time. And I'm just scared because yeah. I'm sure I, I, everybody that does it says it's the best thing ever. So, I would assume I would I mean, probably be the same. So I'm trying to stay away for, from it as long yeah. as I can. Yeah, it's a good – I mean, it's a good time. I mean, I kind of lucked out because my buddy, I mean, he's got he's got the boat, he's got the decoys, uh, he's got the dog. So uh, it was kind of an easy easy way in for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, my brother-in-law is a huge duck hunter. and Yeah. You can spend a lot of money on that too. And since we kind of started getting into coyote hunting a little more, I'm just gonna pump the brakes. Yeah. Try to try to keep my marriage afloat, you know, by not having a third no vice. <laughs> no kidding. That's, that's probably good. Yeah. 
Uh, Dom, also do us a favor. Uh, so yeah. we, we met, just for the listener, uh, we met Dom through our podcast. Uh, Dom is a listener of ours, which is, we met one. Yeah. There he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, do me a favor and say hi to Andy, who's not here again tonight. Say, say what's up, Andy. Thanks for skipping. What's up, Andy? Uh, <laughs> thanks for skipping out on this one. <laughs> that's so a, that's going to be the trend for the next. Hey, are, are you are you in charge of the dad joke this week? Is all I want to know. Mm, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't have real good dad jokes. I got one. Andy don't either. But it's it's very inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. well, we'll just keep it out he, this time. Andy just had a kid, didn't he? He yeah. did. Yeah, his second. Yeah, yeah his second. So. Oh, yeah. That happened, and also he's he he's farms as well, so yeah, they're in the he, middle of harvest right now. Yeah, that'll do it to you. Yeah, he stays pretty busy, so that'll probably yeah. be the trend for the next month or two. He's going to be in the combine if he's not working. So, can I just tell the dad joke now that it's on my mind? All right, go ahead and tell the dad joke because it has to do with the bear thing. Okay, remember I told this in Colorado. Okay, I want to preface this with saying, Arkansas listeners, we love you guys. This is just a joke. Okay, it was a funny ass joke though. Dom, yeah. What do bears and ladies from Arkansas have in common? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It has. No, I, I have no clue. <laughs> they both lick their paws. Okay. <laughs> Get it, paw. <laughs> you sick, dude. Like I said, Arkansas folks, we love you guys. It was just a joke. I laughed my ass off when I heard it. We heard yeah. it from those people from Southwest Missouri, the yep. other camp. Yep. Uh, it was fucking hilarious. Oh, anyway, let's get into our topic today. Yeah, so you, you do things a little different. I mean, you you hunt city deer is what we're going to call it. We're not going to say, yeah. you know, where exactly you are hunting, but uh, in all aspects of it, you are hunting in the city, and that's kind of your forte. So you yeah. kind of want to explain how that works for you? Yeah, like it's yeah. it's definitely, I would say, a, a smaller percentage of people out there hunt deer that are, we'll say, urban, urban areas. Yeah. Areas where, yeah. like, uh, you probably see some more stuff than, like, a guy like me is hunting. Uh, you don't expect to see, you know, a lot of dogs wandering through or people or just whatever. But in your yeah. case, you have to deal with a lot of outside uh, – outside things outside of just yeah. the hunting because you're in an urban area um, so let's just get into like uh how did you get started hunting you know in the city and you know what was it like when you first started doing it was it a shock to yeah. your system or or how did it work yeah so um basically we'll just say um where we hunt is south south kansas city area um and my dad actually he got permission it's one of his friends he got permission i would say this was probably 17 maybe 18 years ago um got permission the guy owns about nine acres uh, i would say so we, we we're only hunting on about nine acres yeah now it's it's surrounded by one area is you know like we basically have to drive through a residential area and you would never know his property was there. Yeah. You drive through a residential area and then bam, it's like his property's right there. And then you got basically highway on another side. Now, granted there's, there is around his approximate nine acres, I would say maybe 60, 70 acres of just 
thick ass woods mm-hmm. that kind of just you know loop from the you know south to north end yeah of his property some undeveloped stuff yeah yeah and it's just it's just thick woods so there are there is some habit i mean cover and stuff for the deer um but the one thing that i will and that i say um is there's there's no there's no ag around there no agriculture which is which is crazy that was that was going to be one of my questions you know as far as what do you think they're eating on but it sounds if there's no ag more than likely they're just munching on acorns and forage yeah yep yeah so i mean yeah it's it's crazy so my dad basically got permission to hunt there um 17 18 years ago and um i think he hunted out there maybe a year before i did and at that time i was you know i was into rifle hunting i think i started uh hunting a couple years before that doing rifle Mm -hmm. never really got into bow hunting and then he was like man he's like there's some there's some good looking bucks out here, good looking deer and a pretty good herd for the area. And so I literally went out, um, you know, and this was, like I said, 17, 18 years ago. And there was, you know, back in the day, I think Walmart carried, I think, I want to say it was um, like Buckmaster, Bushmaster bows. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, they're definitely a little bit better quality than they, they are now. <laughs> that's what I started with. I just bought one of those little cheap, cheapy bows, and that's what I started with. And went out there, and I hunted a couple seasons with it and actually took a couple couple bucks with it. Um, so that was pretty That was pretty cool just to, you know, it wasn't, there was no high-end bow, nothing fancy. You know, I was buying Don't I was it. buying water. I was buying Walmart uh, arrows, broadheads, you know. I was like, man, this this looks cool. I think this killed a deer. And that's basically kind of how it started. And that's how that's all that's only how it has to start. Like people don't have to You don't go you if, don't have to spend a thousand dollars. People are here listening, you know, no. if people are listening to our show that don't bow hunt yet, you don't have to go buy a Hoyt. Hoyts are badass. Yeah, but you don't have to go buy a Hoyt right off the bat. You don't have to go get, you know, expensive arrows. You don't have to have the best broadheads out there. Like you know, I've talked about on our show dropping hundred dollars on three iron wheels. You know, yeah. like yeah. those are expensive broadheads. You you can just go hunt. Like it, you can do it decently cheap. I, in fact, uh, if he does, I don't know if he listens to the show, but shout out to one of my friends, Josh Carter. He got into bow hunting. Um, what two seasons ago he can remember he came out to the house and we shot i wasn't here oh russell was russell was the one that was here and uh he just found a cheap um not a cheap bow it was a hoyt but he found a very used hoyt from a guy like bought it for like 300 bucks um and just started you know going hunting and that's really the success right there is just make you know making that first effort to do it yeah i mean my first bow was a hand-me-down a buddy of mine my buddy of my dad's gave it to me the draw length was probably three inches longer than what i needed and i mean i got some cheap old arrows at walmart just like you cheap old broadheads but you know i I killed deer with it so and then i just progressively worked my way up from there so yeah nothing wrong with it that's for sure yeah, I think my first bow was a Reflex. Remember those? Oh yeah, I, think, I don't remember who they were made by, but um, Reflex brand. Yeah, and uh, I think I still have that bow to this day, actually. 
But um, okay, so the first few years, yeah, had you hunted? It sounded like you hadn't bow hunted before that, so you hadn't like you know hunted in a different way. But what was some of the stuff you experienced those first few years that made you think about hunting differently because you were in a urban urban area? Yeah, I mean. So I, I mean, I got that bow and obviously I put in, put in the time and, and practice, you know, with it in the backyard and, um, you know, just getting out there. It was, it was crazy. Cause I mean, some of our stands are literally set up. I mean, in this, in this guy's basically front yard, I mean, <laughs> right. really it is. And so it's crazy. Cause you know, you're sitting there and these, you, you have these deer coming out and you're just like, man. I can't believe that these deer are coming in this area. I mean, the quality of the deer and then just the amount of the deer that we were seeing was crazy. Um, and it was definitely, I mean, and then hearing, you know, you didn't get that feel of, you know, going, going rifle hunting, basically where I, where I go rifle hunting, where you're in the middle of nowhere, basically, but you're, you know, you're hearing cars drive by radios, loud blaring, um, dogs barking. I mean, you got, we've had people just drive up on four, you know, neighbors drive up on four wheelers, you know, close to the property. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, the property owner driving in and out, Yeah. you know, when we're sitting in the stand and that, you know, sometimes it affects the deer, they run off, you know, and then other times they just kind of stick around and, and watch them go by. Yeah. So it's definitely, definitely a different experience have you sure. have you ever had any problems with theft i would assume it being close to a neighborhood that might be an issue no knock i mean knock on wood um, just did it for you yeah yeah no we we actually haven't wow that's um, surprising i had a. I, I feel like the the property's pretty pretty secluded and like i said not you really wouldn't know that it was there um so i think that has a lot to do with it and it helps out um, so we, we've never really had any issues with that. Right. That's awesome. That's good. I had a buddy, yeah. he had, uh, he had some property North of blue Springs. If anybody knows the area, they know what I'm talking about, but, and it wasn't that close to blue Springs itself, but he said that <laughs> he's like, it didn't matter if when he put his stand up, it was gone the next day. So <laughs> or, yeah, he just had all kinds of problems with people coming in. I'm assuming in a neighbor, but, uh, yeah. you know, you can yeah. never prove it. Uh, well, Still maybe nowadays you could, but, uh, yeah, he had huge issues with just theft. So he, he gave up hunting it and, you know, eventually the land sold anyways, but, uh, yeah. Right. What's uh, I was going to ask this later, but we're on it. So I'm going to, yeah. we're going to go down this rabbit hole now. What's the craziest thing you've ever had happen while you've been hunting in the city? Oh man. Like have you, um, have you had any just like weird experience or just something interesting happen while you were. That wouldn't happen to a guy that's in the, you know, middle of nowhere. Huh. Let me, I'm trying to think of a certain time, really. I mean, really, the the, the thing that's jumping out to me is um, we were sitting in the stand one, uh, one night. Uh, this was, heck, this was, I think back in, actually, because I got, I got some notes wrote down. It's back in 2007, I believe. And... I was sitting in the stand and this was with my good old Walmart bow and everything. And 
I had, there was a neighbor that would drive around. He, I think he was just kind of a lonely guy. He liked to, you know, drive around, talk to people, literally pulled up behind our stand and just started talking. <laughs> and we're like, dude, we're, we're hunting, man. Like, what's Good to going see you. on? Can you get the hell out of yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. And, and no joke. He, he, he pulled out. He finally, he finally left. And I bet 20 minutes later, I, at that time would have been my biggest buck. Um, he was, a, he was just a 10 pointer at that time, but he would, he scored like 130, 133. Um, he come out like 20 minutes later, 22 <laughs> yards. And I shot him and it's just, it's crazy. Cause he was just, he just had pulled up there. We were just talking. He sat there for probably 10 minutes talking to us, pulled off. This buck walks out 20 minutes later and I, and I shoot him. And, and at that time it had been my biggest buck that I'd taken. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So that, that honestly probably was, I mean, that's something that sticks with me. That's probably pretty, pretty damn crazy. That's great. I, I, I just envision, and it might be, we've got another, uh, um, a guy I know, I don't know if he listens to us, but he's over on the St. Louis side of the state. His name is Jeremy Corn, And uh, I've been meaning to talk to him for a, quite a while, too, about city hunting. He hunts, yeah. uh, I don't know how St. Louis is set up, but he hunts a lot of, like, HOA-type properties that okay. technically you have access to. If you, I can't remember what he said. This was two, two three years ago that I talked to him about it. And uh, I just envision depending on where you are in the city, probably things are different, but I just envision like sitting in the stand and, you know, a crackhead walks by or, you know, like just all kinds of weird stuff that, uh, yeah. you know, happens in cities sometimes. And, you know, if, if there's yeah. a wooded area in the middle of a city, sometimes weird things go on in there. <laughs> you ever yeah. seen like those videos where they're out hunting and then all of a sudden the clown comes out of nowhere? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> have I have you not, seen those? No. Yeah, I I forget what state it was. I think it was uh, on purpose. They doing it on purpose. Yeah, just to freak them out or uh, something man, like that. That would piss me off. Yeah, yeah I think I've like seen those videos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've we've got people on. Uh, you know, we've had people on trail camera. You know, passing through. You know, I don't I don't think they knew the cameras were even there. Yeah. Um, but so we've got people passing through. We've got you know dogs, of course, that have showed up on trail cams. Um, you know. All kinds of, all kinds of things, really. But yeah, it, it's actually, it's actually, we've been pretty, pretty uh, lucky to not have anything screwed up too bad. Yeah. So let's. Uh, you were talking about that that story with that dude that came up talking to you guys, and it made me think of advantages, disadvantages to hunting deer. That I'm just, I'm just say deer that are desensitized, maybe. Yeah. To human activity what do you change what you do a little bit based on the you know where you're at for instance like that buck could have been just bedded you know 50 yards away from you guys when he pulled up yeah and maybe a buck like that buck was uh let's say it was three and a half or whatnot use he's been used to people talking his whole life he's used to hearing you know humans do you think that gives you a leg up when you're after a certain buck or as a buck gets older, 
do they use that to their advantage? If that makes what I'm saying, yeah, you know what I'm saying, uh, any sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, what have you kind of noticed when it comes to the desensitization of the deer when it comes to human activity in the city? Yeah, I mean, we've definitely, I do think that hunting some of those deer in the city, definitely, you do have a little bit of advantage because they are used to those noises, they're used to those smells, so they're not as prone to, you know, pick up on something and be like, okay, that's that's danger. You know, I need to get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, versus if I was hunting our rifle, the rifle property we go to, um, you know, it, it would be, it'd be completely different. You know, they hear you talking or, you know, catch the right wind that they're gone, you know, versus this place. Now I, I will say that I have noticed, you know, as they do get older, they, they do, we've had some bucks that, that are a lot more leery. They, they know something is off. Yeah. So they, they maybe stand out a little bit further, take a little bit more time to come in. Um, so they do, they definitely still have that instinct, you know, that kicks in and they're like, Oh, something's not right. Yeah. Um, so if you're win, if you're not playing the win, right. Um, I definitely think they still have that instinct in them where it's like, someone something's there something there's something that they don't like and um with the bigger mature bucks we have noticed that it it definitely is a little bit more difficult when i think like their their nose can pick up russell talked about this with elk hunting because we're we're hunting elk where there's a lot of people in the the woods uh yeah and he had kind of mentioned this and i and it's i think it's true their noses can pick up like freshness of a scent too. Right. I don't, I don't know if that's the right yeah. word, but like, let's say you walk into your stand three hours ago, you're going to leave a scent trail, right? Yep. It's not going to be fresh anymore. Cause it was three hours ago. They might stop at it and smell it and go, Oh, there was something there a little while ago, but that's different than if they catch a nose full of your stinky ass right yeah. now. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. uh, so part of me thinks, you know, a deer that's always smelling humans would be easier to to get in on. And then the other side of me goes, just like you were saying, but as they get older, they get really good at knowing the difference. Knowing the difference between this is a human smell I smell all the time, but this dude's in the woods somewhere right now. Like there's, I think they get so sensitized to the, uh, in my opinion, at least, and I don't hunt them, but just kind of what I'm thinking, they get so sensitized to the, the smell of a human that they get really freaking good at knowing what exactly that means. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? How much of a threat they are? Oh yeah. I would, I would, yeah, I would definitely, I completely agree with that. So I would assume, um, I would assume you still play the win just like you would if you were hunting anywhere else. You know, you're putting yourself in the best position to, uh, you know, to where they're not catching your win. Is that the case? Or do you kind of just fly by the seat of your pants? I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, we just kind of, um, you know, the property is just, it's so small. I mean, nine acres. I mean, really, when you think about it, it's not real big. So, Basically, if you 
would think of the property as kind of like a big triangle. Um, you know, we, we have about four, I think we have, let's see, four stands set up on the property and it's myself, uh, my dad and my brother-in-law that hunt the property. So there, there are times that all three of us actually go out there and we have the stands positioned almost in like a triangle. Um, so we have someone that's covering, uh, the South end, um, North end. And then I would say more of the Northeast end. So basically, you know, when the deer come out, we kind of have that whole area, honestly, kind of covered. So someone is going to get a, typically get a shot off at one of the deer if they come through there. Right. Um, so it's, I would say there are times that we consider the win, but then other times it's like, man, it's, we're just going to get up there. If they, if they catch us, they catch us, you know? Yeah. And I would, and kind of going back, I would think if they did, you know, they got right down, right down wind of you, they got a good whiff of you. They know they're there. They scamper off. I would think those deer would be more apt to come back quicker than a deer that's out in the country that doesn't smell that every day. Maybe I'm wrong. Have you noticed that maybe? Yeah, you're, you're 100% right on that. I mean, I've noticed the deer run off, whether they, they catch a smell of, you know, my dad or brother-in-law in the stand or say the property owner drives, drives through, um, you know, and they may tuck back in the woods but then, you know, 20, 30 minutes later, they're typically right back out. I mean, that's not always the case, but I would say most of the time, yeah, that's that's definitely the case. Right. And ha- have you had that encounter with uh, maybe like a mature buck? I know you've said you've taken a few deer off there. I'm assuming yeah. some of those have been mature ones. Um, do they come back pretty quick? Like even, even on camera, have you found that to be true? Yeah. Um, you know we've we've noticed some we've we've had a couple um that you know have shown up and you know maybe they they caught our win or whatever it may be and then you know a couple days later we see them on the the camera again you know they're right back they're right back to their normal routine a couple days later well and it could be i mean the sense the desensitization that's one thing right but it also could be you know and you've talked a little bit about the area you hunt. They might just not have very many options. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, there's a highway on one side. They can attempt to cross it. You know how that goes a lot of times for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so they might have 50 acres, like they might live on 50 acres, that entire herd. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know. I'm not asking you to tell yeah. us every little detail, but yeah, I mean, these deer, I mean, realistically, I mean, with his, his land and then the surrounding property like it i mean there's no there's no agriculture and there's nothing really around i mean there's there's woods thick ass woods but i mean total around that area that i would think the deer would be living probably only really consists of about 80 80 acres yeah so their their home range whether that's rut or summer range or winter range just might be smaller than a deer like you know that i might be hunting like 
if you listen to me talk about reptile last year and I, I was hunting him yeah. at this time last year. Um, and I, I feel like something happened one of those nights where he busted me and I was not aware of it. I've never, uh, that deer has not been back on the property since like, I hope he's not dead. I hope he's alive somewhere and he's going to show back up. But I think sometimes a deer out here, out in the, in the sticks, you know, deer that are, um, they got more options. They got more options. Yeah. You, you give a, a mature buck like him last year, one reason to not want to be there and they won't be there anymore because yeah. he can, he can go a mile West or he can go a mile North. They, he doesn't have to stay right here. Um, yeah. Whereas like that deer you were talking about, even if it's a nice mature um, buck, yeah, you bumped him, but where's he going to go? He eventually he's, he's going to he's yeah. going to be back eventually. He has to make his one. Yeah, and I can't and, remember where I've heard it, but I've heard like a mature buck, like once they get in that real mature age, I want to say they can live once they find that little honey hole. They can live within like five acres yeah, or something like that. I, I can't remember yeah. the exact number, but. There's studies on it. So, I mean, if you got the right five acres. So, do you find yourself getting more brazen with some choices then? You know, like, out here, where, where I'm just talking about a property I hunt, right? You wouldn't catch me hunting a wind coming out of the east. Just yeah. because I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ruin everything. Not just when it comes to wind, but even if you were to bump a deer or... You know, like you were saying, um, they catch you moving or something. Do you feel like you get a little more ballsy with decisions in the city than you do when you're out even rifle hunting out, out uh, in the country? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like sometimes we just go out there and we're like, you know, you just – we're going to get up in the stand and, you know, the wind's blowing a certain way, you know, whatever. We're just going to – we're going to – let it go we're gonna let it happen that, and that sounds that, so freeing <laughs> it does yeah i mean it's i'm not gonna lie i mean it's it's a nice little honey hole and there are definitely advantages that we have i think that i don't have when i go out in the country and hunt yeah but then so, there's there's disadvantages that also are advantages right because i i wrote this down you said highway behind you right yeah. Yep. I'm envisioning one of the main highways in KC, you know, just yep. so um, the noise can both help you and hurt you, right? Because uh, I'm, I'm just thinking like if you were to be a little louder getting ready, that noise, you know, the, the deer just are used to noise. Um, but then at the same time, you also then don't have your senses. So you hear, you know, you don't get to hear that twig break as easily. Or you don't get to, you know, hear them fighting 50, 60 yards yeah. away because it might just be too loud from the highway. What what have you found yeah, with you, noise and how you handle that there in the city? Yeah, you definitely. I mean, you do. I mean, you hear cars going by. You don't. You don't hear that. Um, typically, that, that twig snapping in the woods of one coming through or the leaves crunching. Uh, we basically, we hunt over a field, you know, that is surrounded by that the woods that they're coming off of so you you definitely it's not like sitting in a stand where you gotta you gotta be a little bit more quiet getting in there you know because you're hunting in the middle of nowhere 
you know, where something's going to hear you and they're going to be like, what the hell was that? And they, they take off. They're used to all those sounds, noises, you know, smells. And so it's easy to just honestly kind of just walk in and, and set up and not, you know, not have any issues with it. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I would, I would hate not having my senses mm-hmm. that, that would suck. But man, like, I remember that, that doe, there was a doe last year that I, when I saw the deer, usually whenever I see deer, I stand up in my stand because I shoot yeah. standing. Yeah. And so I just, it's like an instinct for me to stand up, even if I, I'm not going to shoot her because maybe something's coming. So I just kind of get there. And when I stood up, my knee popped. And she was just straight at me, like pegged. I heard that. Yep. And I'm like, first off, screw you, knee. <laughs> Garbage knee. But uh, that, you know, that right there would be nice. But at the same time, the reason I knew she was there is because I heard her walking a hundred, like 80 yards away from me. I could hear yeah. her coming just because, you know, you, you get used to knowing what a deer sounds like walking through the woods. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, there's no way I would have heard her coming from, yeah. and she was behind me. So she was coming from behind. I would not have heard that if I had a highway sitting right next to me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah so you definitely, yeah, you definitely have to be, I mean, in the stand and you have to be alert because next thing you know, there's, there's deer right there, you know, versus if I'm hunting down South, you know, the middle of nowhere, you know, you're listening and waiting to try to pick up on those noises of a deer walking in versus like here, you know, I'm just, you just, you gotta be looking out using your eyes more than anything because they're, they could be out in a matter of minutes and not even not even realize it right yeah can't get caught with your pants down looking at your phone all the time <laughs> you know you gotta be ready i, I have oh, that yeah. problem sometimes I've, I've yeah that's definitely been an issue <laughs> or doing the, the the nap i like the the hanging nap <laughs> yeah, i take you do like to take naps well definitely in, in colorado this year man I, I i nap more this year in colorado than i ever have yes you did and that was with bears all around us <laughs> <laughs> but uh okay so I mean, there's definitely advantages to what you get to do in this little, you know, small property. Now, at the same time, like you were saying, it's, it's 10 acres at the most. So yeah. it's not like you're hunting 200 acres of, you know, finely manicured food plots and all this stuff and, you know, no pressure. It's only 10 acres, so you still have your limitations when it comes to the size. But then, you know, yeah. you definitely have advantages when it comes to being able to, able to almost or caution the wind when it comes to wind. Now, I would assume if you were after a nice mature buck and you knew that dude only came from the north every time, you probably wouldn't be hunting him with a wind coming straight out of the south because you'd be filling his nose right up with your scent. I'm assuming, like, you you pay attention to that sort of stuff. That that dude, he's got to be, you know, right there on the north side or whatever, right? Yeah, but you know you definitely have those advantages that you have. What about disadvantages? There's got to be something that you don't like about hunting in the city compared to when you're out in the country. Is there something that you just are like, this sucks? I mean, that sound would I, that would I would hate yeah. that. The, the yeah. sound thing would piss me off. Um, but although it'd be nice to be able to make noise a little more noise yeah. if I had the option, get away to with a little more. 
what what are some other yeah. disadvantages that you're not you know just it, it is what it is when it comes to hunting those city deer yeah i mean definitely you definitely don't get that that true honestly you don't get that true feeling for you know i mean it's i'm still hunting right but when i go to when we go to the rifle property and hunt down there you're just you're in the middle of nowhere you're just enjoying the nature the sounds you're listening versus hunting in the city you just everything's just like you said i mean it's it's overwhelming almost sometimes we're hearing everything and you're just mainly using your eyes and and watching out for something to come in so i definitely would say you don't get that true necessarily true feeling of being in the middle of nowhere you know hunting but yeah I, I definitely say I, I kind of get the best of both worlds because I bow hunt city, rifle hunt in the country. So I get to enjoy both of them, which I'm I'm grateful for. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. and you get used to the environment you're in, right? Like one of the properties I hunt is near a rifle range. So a lot of times yeah. where I'm when I'm hunting, I hear gunshots over and over yeah. and over. I just don't even think about it after a while. But, you know, if I were to bring you out there – and you were hunting with me, you'd be like, that's annoying. <laughs> Somebody's poaching over there. <laughs> like, nope, that was a rifle range over there. You know, it's just, yeah. it, 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 you get used to the environment you're in. If you took me oh, hunting yeah. where you're at, I'd be like, this is, this, this sucks. <laughs> like, that guy is listening to his radio all the time. And all I, I hear yeah. that dude and his wife fighting. And you're like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I would be overwhelmed with the sounds. And honestly, I would, I guarantee you in my mind, I would say this hunt's over. They're ruining it. When in, in yeah. turn, when in all reality, none of that means anything to the deer probably. Cause they hear that all day, every day. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're, I mean, heck, if you're hit, if you're hearing gunshots, it's not coming from a rifle range. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe, maybe your, your hunt might be over on that one. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe I should yeah. get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I invested in the good camo. <laughs> yeah exactly have you ever had have you ever shot one and it ran and died like in somebody's yard or anything like that anything crazy oh man um so typically we've been pretty lucky and everything that we've we've shot over the years has either fallen on the guy's property that we hunt or i mean the surrounding properties a a couple of the the landowners they you know, they know that we hunt that area mm-hmm. and so they're okay with us, you know, retrieving, retrieving the deer. So we've been pretty lucky and some of the deer have just fallen in not too, too far on these people's property. So we were able to retrieve them. Yeah. Um, I did have a buck last year that I shot and he was a mainframe 10 and I think he, just based off trail cam pictures, he, I think he might've hit that 150 mark. Wow. And I was sick to my, I was sick to my stomach because I had a great blood trail on him, everything. And we tracked him and tracked him for a couple hundred yards. Um, never found him. And that was in the back of my mind. I was like, this buck probably died in someone's backyard. And I'm going to, yeah, he's, he's going to get a call the next day and there's, yeah. Yeah. 
And it was just like, and we haven't had him show up this year on, on camera or anything. So, you know, part of me thinks, yeah, he, you know, he died somewhere. I mean, we, we grid searched the area. I mean, we, we searched the area multiple days, you know, going back in, looking for him, never could find him. So in the back of my mind, yeah, I was like, this buck probably died in someone's backyard and someone found him. Floating in someone's pool in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. Probably has it, you know, they probably have him on their back porch or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, that sucks. That that would make me a little nervous because you said there's a housing addition, I think, close or something. Yeah, it's fairly close. I mean, to, to each their own, but, you know, I'm sure there's some folks that live in the city that don't agree with hunting. Yeah. Because they're stupid. But did I say that out loud? Yeah. That's all right. All right. Um, and so, like, you know, that would always scare me. Like, it, you you watch. That deer is going to run into their yard, and then I'm going to have to go ask them if I can go recover it, and they're going to tell me to F off or whatnot, you know. And you hear you hear some of those horry stories. You know, like, Ren, Ren Witty, if you listen to that show a couple uh, weeks yeah. ago with Ren, yeah. he's not hunting in the city, but that lady just <laughs> – absolutely went off on him you know just checking his trail cam and uh that that would worry me when you're just around a lot of different people you know that might not necessarily like what you're doing Uh, and and you can't really control it because you know you could have a neighbor that is great and then they sell their house and the new person that moves in is an absolute pain in the ass you know what i'm saying but uh speaking of properties i have one question for you on properties so you, yeah. you hunt, you know, nine acres or so right there. And then you said it's surrounded or bordered by, let's say, 60 acres or whatever you said of a really thick timber. Yeah. Are you terrified of a developer buying that? Oh, yeah. One, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been in my, I mean, we like I said, we've been hunting out there for 17 or 18 years. And every year, I mean, I think, I think of that, that's like, man someone could buy that land i honestly i even think the the guy's land we hunt on i mean he's an older gentleman and i'm like man all it's gonna take i mean he's you know croak off and he's gonna sell you know they're gonna sell this property and it's our honey hole is gonna go away yeah you should tell him to if if they ever sell that 60 he needs to buy it so that you (laughs) keep going and then you can go in there and hunt you know yeah then you really uh that would that would i would be so worried you know about that yeah that would be nerve-wracking do you know who i I mean do you have onyx i'm assuming you probably know who owns that property is it an individual or is it some type of corporation or something like that no i i believe it's a a individual really yeah so that individual just needs to keep forgetting about their land yeah they're probably i mean they're sitting on a few million dollars yeah they are that's (laughs) i was gonna say if it's in casey area or any city any large city yeah yeah they're sitting on some money yeah (laughs) yeah yeah maybe they forgot about it maybe they're just so rich that yeah who knows they forgot that's that's kind of what i'm that's kind of what i'm you know thinking you know, so hey man, you might want to try. Like, you might want to try make contact with them and say, "Hey, I've been hunting this guy. He's your neighbor, property neighbor." Uh-huh. I don't know. How would you feel about me coming over <laughs> hunting your spot too? Yeah, he seems pretty successful. I don't know if I'd rock the boat on that. that. That's true. That's true. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crossed my mind, but we're like, yeah, we're definitely like, we'll just go with the flow, stick what we got, and, and go from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, so um, you've been hunting this property for, like you said, almost 17 years, or or you've had access to it. I can't remember what you said when yeah. you started bow hunting. But um, so, like, uh, 
you've had quite a bit of success over the, the years. Um, what is uh, what is like the best year you've had there? I know we talked about the biggest deer you killed there. Was that one of your best years? Oh, I mean, no. so let's see. So the the year that that guy came out and talked to us on the four wheeler. Mm-hmm. Um, that had, that had been when I shot, I shot, like I said, he was like a 10 pointer, just one thirty. you know, it's a nice buck. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nope. I got one too. Yeah. Uh, the next, the next year, of course, didn't get anything. Then in 2009, um, we had a buck that showed up that was just freaking massive, you know, and I was still pretty early on. I mean, I only killed, let's see, two, the buck, that that 10-pointer, and then a six-pointer was my very first buck that I ever shot. Okay. Um, but so in 2009, we had a buck show up, and he he had 13. He was a mainframe 10, but he had 13 scoreable points. Um, and I actually took him to someone and had him scored and he scored 160 and three eights. Oh, wow. It's a deer. And yeah. And he was coming out religiously with like this four corn buck. And so it, it was crazy. It was like clockwork. I mean, that's the, I mean, advantages, I guess, of having trail cams, you know, you, you can watch your trail cams and see what's going on, but no joke. I'm in the stand and, and I always knew that, this four corn would, he would show up. And then shortly after this, this big ass buck would show up. So I'm sitting in the sand and, and this four corn shows up. And when he pops out, I, my adrenaline starts kicking in. I've I never been what. so happy to see a forky in my <laughs> life. Oh, yeah. No joke. Like my heart starts beating. I start breathing heavy. I'm like, I know what's coming next, you know? And so shortly after he pops out that, that big ass 13 pointer shows up and I shoot him and I'm pretty sure I, I think I took him with that good old Walmart bow that I bought back in the day. Nice. Um, I think that was the last buck I killed with, with that bow. And then I bought a, I bought a new bow the next year. Nice. But, uh, so that was, that was pretty, that was my biggest buck then. So that that topped that ten pointer, of course, at sure. that time. So um, we we kind of set standards uh, a little bit on that property on what we're going to shoot, mm-hmm. but also also if it if it tickles our fancy, you know, and a buck shows up and he's freaking cool, you know, it don't really matter necessarily the size, right? Right on that, you know, on the deer. Yeah. So. The following year, or no, actually, so after I shot that 160, it, you know, I kind of was like, man, that's going to be hard to top. Um, so I went a few years without shooting anything. And it was 2015 when I shot my next deer out there. And he was a mainframe eight, but. You know he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna score too much, but the reason I shot him is he had a split brow time, you know. And you don't, I mean, I, we never come across that a whole lot out there. Big old split brow time. Yeah. And so I mean, I took him just. I mean, he was a. I think he was probably on a four and a half year old deer. He wasn't real old. 
but he had a nice big old split brow tine and i was like man that's cool that'll look so, good on my wall that'll look pretty yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah i get it yeah it'll eat good so, and it'll look good all at the same time yeah so we do set i mean we do set kind of our standards out there on what we're going to shoot but then like i said if if it's something that really interests us you know we go ahead and yeah determine ahead of time before season you know that we're gonna basically set our hit list yeah yeah and I, and I think yeah. it's it's a good thing to have, you know, whether you're one of those folks that, uh, you know, haven't killed their first buck or, you know, whatever. So if it's legal, it's dead. That's cool. And it's yeah. it's a, it's okay to, you know, have standards too. Yeah. But those standards don't have to be set in stone. Like black and white, right? Like Mike, is, I'm not going to divulge too much, but he's got a deer this year that he's pretty sure was a deer he was after last year that was bigger than it is this year. But it got injured. And now it's got this just gnarly, gnarly, gnarly looking rack. rack. Yeah. From inches, from an inches standpoint, it's going to be smaller than it was last year because of the a lot injury. smaller. But, but he's cool. He's cool, and he's injured. Um, so you can have that standard, and it, it can deviate in a situation like that, right? Um, that's a situation that. Yeah, and then like just to add on to that, and I hunt up north with rifle. I bow hunt down here, and I go up north to hunt rifle. Up there, it's got to be. We always do a big buck pot every year, and I think they, I think we changed it two years ago. But it's got to reach a minimum of one forty-five, and we did that so that you know people would stop shooting, you know, in hopes that people would stop shooting smaller bucks. And that's kind of set in stone. So, like, you can shoot a 142, but you're going to get some crap for it, right? <laughs> I mean, like, you're going to get a little bit of shit. So, I mean, there's a positive to it on the management aspect of it, but as far as the hunting aspect of it and just getting out there and hunting, it's kind of a – it kind of sucks. And, you know, because, yeah. hell, I saw – I think it was last year or the year prior – I was out there, and I saw, and up there, they don't have a point restrictions because it's in CWD uh, zone. I saw this gnarly looking, I think he was a three-pointer, but he had like a 24-inch main beam that just shot out. I mean, he, he was like a, you know, 50-inch deer, whatever the case may be, <laughs> yeah. but he just looked cool as hell. If I would have been anywhere else, I would have shot the thing. I really would have. So yeah. it kind of sucks when you do have things kind of set in stone. You know, so it's nice in the fact that you, you know, yeah, you kind of have a hit list or you make your hit list up, but hey, if something is cool and you can say, hey, I know he's not really part of, you know, not part of the list, but if he comes out, I'm going to put an arrow in him and you're not going to get any slack for it. You know, so that's pretty cool that you guys do that. And you got that blood pump factor too, right? Like I was really proud of myself because I ended up killing him two days later. Which I still could have killed him two days later because that was during bow season. Yeah. But two days before rifle season, I was after him because reptile disappeared and then noob showed up, and I was after him, and a three and a half year old eight pointer gave me a a twenty twenty yard broad broadside shot, and I was so ink. I was so ready to let an arrow eat that I, I mean, I was shaking, you know, shaking with anticipation and adrenaline, 
just telling myself, no, don't you freaking shoot him. Don't you freaking shoot him. Because, you know, he's going to show up five minutes later is what's going to happen. And I, I let that, that deer walk. But I was, I was really proud of myself. But it's also kind of nice that, you know, it's okay to make the decision right then. Hey, my blood is pumping. He looks, right. he looks good. I don't care if he's 119 inches or 120 inches or whatever. He's going to eat an arrow, right? Um, yeah. You know, and I'm, and I'm guessing you, your dad, and your brother-in-law have those standards. Um, but, you know, if Dom decides I'm going to shoot this three-year-old eight-pointer because I want to this year, they might give you a little shit for it, but, hey, that's what it is, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's kind of nice. I mean. Yeah. You know, have, having a hit list is always nice, but. Um, and especially like where you guys are, I'm assuming you get to really know these deer. Oh yeah. 100%. I mean, we, we typically put out trail, trail cameras, uh, you know, it just kind of depends, but we, we kind of get them stuck out there, you know, June, July, maybe, um, you know, we'll put down mineral, you know, that, that definitely is a factor because we know that there's nothing around. So that kind of plays advantage a little bit. We'll put down mineral, um, kind of help them get in, get that, you know, supplement that they need. Start using and, that lucky uh, buck. Yeah. 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 I actually, we started using it this year and I'm, oh, nice. I'm a huge fan of it. Dude, we huge are too. Fan. We are yeah, too. They're great. No. So, and we didn't like, stuff. we were excited to partner with them whenever we partner with them, but we're like, shit, I forgot. Cause I used it like five, six, seven years ago and I stopped. I, I told the story like we were going to start doing our own shit and we started yeah. mixing our own stuff and whatnot. And I just forgot how awesome it smells and how easy it really is to do. And they just hammer it. Yeah. It, it smells great. I mean, you would heck you would think you could pour it in a cup and mix it up with some water and it tastes like some sort of protein shake or something. You right. know, it smells that good. Yeah, it does. So, Okay. You get to know these deer. They they're in a small enough area, you know that I'm, I'm assuming their home range is pretty much where you guys are hunting, and then that that property that's near you. And they probably venture into the neighborhood too and eat on yeah. apple trees and all yeah. that stuff in people's backyards. But um, you've been hunting there for you know almost two decades now. Have you noticed uh, like bloodlines? Have you noticed similar traits? Can you can you like fig- have you figured out that sort of stuff? And is it pretty interesting to watch that progression of uh, generations that you guys yeah, have been around? I mean, I would assume you're seeing a deer from you know, I usually you usually start noticing around two years old, and then till they die, are you getting the same bucks, the same genetics, and how's that going? Yeah, um, that that is one I think of advantage that we do have is we get to watch those deer grow and we definitely do see the same traits and um, similarities of the bucks over the years, which is, which is awesome. I mean, I just alone in that, you know, I don't have to kill them necessarily, but it's just awesome to watch the growth of some of them and then see another buck, you know, show up a couple years later. And you're like, I know exactly where that buck came from like that's that buck that we shot or that we seen two years ago that's his son you know or whatever it may be yeah uh, so that that part's freaking awesome it's got to be really uh, cool like because 
and I'd love for you to tell a story, but you shot like uh, five years ago or something like that. You shot like 170 inch or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to touch on that, like that was, let actually, me just say this though, real quick, right? Yeah. The 160 yeah. inch you killed back in 2009. Like, yeah. it's really cool to think that could be his great grandson right. or his great, great grandson or whatnot, or because of just such a small area that they live in. A lot of them aren't like kicking out and having to go establish a new range because I mean, guess, and I'm sure they do leave. I'm yeah. sure you have the some deer cross the highway and go other places, but like, there's just not a lot of options apparently where you're at. So a lot of them probably just stick around and it's like, it's very feasible that you're shooting like great, great grandsons of deer you hunted 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I can, con- I mean, honestly contest to that. I mean, so 2017 was when I, I shot that 173 and we, he was a mainframe 12, um, with some, I think a couple stickers on him. Um, he, he was a ghost buck is what we call him. Um, we actually never had this buck on trail camera and we were really hunting, um, two bucks out there. There was a monster eight and then my dad killed a buck that year, which was like a mainframe 10 uh, with quite a few stickers. And he, he scored, that was the best year that we had out there. It was 2017. I shot that 173 and he shot a 155. Nice. Um, off nine. But the, off nine the, 170, the 173, like I said, he was a ghost buck. I thought he was, there was a monster eight that came out pretty religiously and I thought it was him and he came in and he looked like he was going to go to my dad's stand and then he turned and he came over towards mine and I just, I knew he was a shooter. I didn't focus on his rack cause I didn't want to get worked up. I just knew I was like, that's that big eight. And I shot him and he ran off and then I got on the phone immediately with my dad and I was like, I just shot that big, that big eight. And he was like, that was not the big eight. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure? And he's like, no, that was, that was a different buck. We've never seen that buck on camera. And he didn't run very far. We walked up on him and I was like, you gotta be shitting me. And I mean, it was, it was crazy. Was it, uh, uh was it during the rut? Like what time of the no, year? So that's, that's one thing I want to touch on. So that's another, I feel like advantage, I guess advantage um, we have a little bit is that property. We typically do the best from September to end of October. And it's like, once that rut kind of starts getting a little closer, I think those bucks go back in that deep ass dense woods. And we don't, we don't have a lot of success after Huh. October. The they go October. they go back there and hide them does away in that thick nasty stuff. Yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense. So we de- we definitely I mean it's cuz I get a lot of flack, you know, uh, some people be like, "Oh, you're hunting out there when it's hot as hell and you got bugs out." And I'm like, "Man, I was like that's when we have success. That's when we do good." Um but there's a buck out there this year and so that was in 2017 and it's what 2022 there's a buck out this year and he actually 
when I went out there second night, he's a, he's a, just a mainframe 10 and he's probably only a two and a half year old deer. And he has the same traits as my 173. He's got, he's got some crab claws on him, and my 173 has some crab claws. And I'm like, that has to be genetics from that 173. It's got to, I mean, same, the way his rack sits and everything, it's got to be. Yeah, that's cool. So we're, we're, yeah, we're pretty excited to see what he turns into. Yeah, I mean, you hunt when you can hunt. That's like, I I was firmly going to wait until like middle October at least last year. And I, I'm going to be good. I'm going to, you know, stay out of the woods on this one particular property at least. And then reptile started showing up September 15th. Well, guess what I was hunting? I mean, then I, I went after him because he was there. I mean, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you hunt the deer when you hunt the deer. Uh, and, you know, that particular property, like you are saying, I could I could see where they would kind of move off into that thicker stuff uh, whenever the rut kind of hits, which is kind of interesting because you – it's interesting that you'd never seen that, that, that ghost buck you talked about because in my mind, I thought, well, it's probably during the rut and he was living on such a small area beforehand. And then when the rut hit, he got bumped around. He, yeah. he kind of got started moving because he wanted to start looking for does. And that's when he showed up. I wonder where in the hell he was before. Cause you had no trail cam pics of that deer. Yeah. Like, I wonder if he was a deer that crossed the highway. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, is there anything on the other side of the highway that would keep deer? Nope. So where the hell did he come from? You know, it just like makes you wonder. (laughs) Well, like I said, did he he get, did he he get bored one night and just said, fuck it, I'm going to go on a walkabout. He could have just been living, you know, two acres away, you know, with that small of acreage, you know, they can do it. They can adapt. They can figure it out. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And he could have been one of them deer that, um, you know, as, as bucks get older, um, you've you've heard, and I'm sure you've experienced this, where they, they purposely avoid cameras. I mean, yeah. you know, I know uh, Dan's big on, he hangs cameras a little higher now a lot because he will, he's seen bucks walk behind trees. Did, I t- did you ever listen to, do you listen to Dan Johnson, Nine Finger Chronicles a lot? He told a story um, about... I, I know what you're talking about, but I, I don't remember if that's if that's who it was. But I have heard the walking around camera. Yeah, so he them. actually hung a camera up in a tree to catch somebody stealing cameras. And so he, he hung he had a camera in front of Mineral. I believe it was a Mineral Lick. And then he put another camera up in a tree looking down on it. And that's when he got pictures of a, a buck he had never had on camera coming into that area and walking behind the tree that camera was on down low to avoid it, which means he would have never gotten that, that buck on camera. He just happened to have one, you know, looking down at it because he was trying to catch somebody stealing his stuff. And that makes you kind of wonder as they get older, you know, do some of them just avoid that type of stuff because it's, it's a foreign object in their area. So they avoid it then I always just wonder, well, how the hell do they know they're walking behind it? <laughs> like, it faces it faces a certain direction, but how do they know the lens is facing that way and not the other direction? It's just kind of funny to me. But, uh, yeah, that's I, I would love to have known where he came from. Just, yeah, he uh, – I mean, 
like I said, we kind of hunt over a field. So, and we only, I think that year, I don't know if we had a, you know, cause it's not a real big property, obviously. So we don't set out a lot of cams. We typically have one, two cameras out there. So I believe that year we had two cameras out there. And I mean, it, it, it's a possibility that he was showing up in the field, just not coming in, you know, to where the cameras were catching them. Yeah. yeah so, he, I mean, he very well could have been out there. It's just, we, we weren't, he wasn't coming in close enough to those cameras. Did you have mineral out there by then? And that, and that, year? um, so around that time we actually, so like you were saying, we, we, over the years kind of mix up our own concoction of stuff and throw it together, see how it works. But we actually had a lot of success on, um, what was it? Um, sweet feed, like, sweet feed. um, like what they feed the the horses. Okay. Like you can just get it at Orslands or Feldman's. Um, comes in like a 45, 50 pound bag, just like the little pellets. Hmm. Uh, so we throw out, throw out that. And I believe around that time, we were, that's probably what we were putting down um, beforehand. And but he was never on camera hitting that. No, no, never. I just, yeah. So. That- that that's something I would I I would love to hear the answer to someday. You know what I'm saying? Like, if yeah. you could find out someday, you get to know where was he coming from? Where did he come from? Somewhere else? I mean, oh yeah, it's. I'd like to know that too. When some when we get some of those that show up, um, it, it's it's just crazy. I mean, have you ever maybe he caught the bus? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you, right. You, so you say you hunt over a field. Have you ever considered talking to the landowner and possibly putting in like a food plot or anything like that? Um, we've we've thrown some of that throw and grow stuff down uh-huh. uh, in the past, you know, and but I mean he he pretty much just takes his tractor out there. I mean it's like his freaking front lawn basically <laughs> is it so he, he'd probably have a problem if you you know threw some brassicas or <laughs> yeah. yeah so he just mows it down but there's there's got to be stuff out there you know and i don't i don't know my plans and stuff really well but over the years i mean there's got to be stuff out there in that field and we've talked about it before you need that they like i mean not to toot lucky bucks horn too much but you need to check out the lucky buck uh, perfect perennial it's 99 percent clover is what it is so he, okay. he he's gonna get the great look of just a nice clover field and yeah. mowing it is actually good for it so i mean that might be something to check and you out. would get a clover plot. And, and you would get a clover yeah. plot but yeah. I mean, if you're hunting in a neighborhood, more than likely, if the if they're not well manicured yards, people got clover in their yard too. But if oh, it's yeah, you yeah know, there's, I mean, there's, I definitely know what the clover looks like. I mean, there's definitely clover out there, mm-hmm. uh, and I think there's probably clover from when we've thrown down some of that, right? You know, throw and grow stuff. Um, but I think there's also some other stuff that's grown out there that you know that they like. Okay, they, they'll come out there and just graze on the you know, yeah. out in the field. And it's like, man, there's something out there that they like. Yeah. Deer survive in the environment they live in, man. I mean, yeah. I guarantee you, if you put a cornfield next to them, bean field in the summer, they nail it, but they don't have that. So yeah. they're going to survive what, they, what, eating what they got. Yeah. They might not be as uh, big bodied there as they would, maybe would be where like where we hunt. I have no idea. 
But what surprised but, me, I mean, you know, antler growth is mostly from protein, right? Sure. I'm pretty sure protein has a lot to do with it. Because if you look at, like, a map, most of the biggest bucks are killed in the protein. Midwest. Yeah, right. Midwest protein-rich environments. Protein-rich environments. So I find it interesting that you're killing 160s, 170s when there's not a set ag field somewhere where they can go. That's crazy to me. That's really cool. But. Well, and didn't Lindsey Thomas say that it's environment – an age well yeah. right so yeah. like maybe a part of it with your situation dom is they're allowed to get older because there's only three of you pretty much hunting that area you get to manage it essentially how you feel like so they're allowed to become five six seven whereas you know if they were in a highly pressured area which it's a pressured area as a, when it as it relates to people being there but if they were in a highly pressured hunting area, that deer that ended up being 173 might have got killed when he was a 133, you know, at, at three and a half years old or whatnot. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, that's one thing that I, I also wanted to come on and, you know, talk about is like, it's just, you know, you hear that, you know, protein and stuff that plays a part, you know, they, they need that, that food to grow big racks. And it's just like, our little honey hole of a spot. It's like, that just shows you like, sometimes it's just genetics, you know? I mean, that's, that's all I can think of. It's just gotta be good genetics in that area as well. That is, is causing these, some of these deer to just blow up and be huge. Yeah. Cause there's nothing else around that I can think of. That's crazy. Very cool. So. Yeah. And their, and their age, like I said, I mean, have you ever, have you ever aged any of them? Did you get, you should do that sometime you know i know you, I you like should have been doing it all along because then you'd you'd really right. like it'd be really cool to look back but it'd be interesting um who did we just have on recently that had a, a deer aged and he the fall yeah he, and he was positive it was going to be you know, four and a half and it came yeah. back as three and a half yeah and uh i should have done that with all the deer i it, it'd be cool to do it's just you never think to pull a tooth I think you got Yeah, I would definitely jaw. like to. What? Uh, I think it's the jaw. Oh, is it the whole thing? I think they got to have a jaw. I thought it was. I yeah. could be wrong. Yeah. It, it'd be nice to see. I mean, we, like I said, I mean, I'm not like a, you know, professional scorer, you know, but, or, you know, I feel like I've got pretty good about aging the deer just on their body size over the year, which the body size versus here versus up north versus down south are definitely different. Um, so, I feel like we've gotten, you know, fairly used to trying to age what we think could be a, a three and a half, four and a half year old, but shit, it could be, it may be a six and a half year old. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you're, you're completely right on that. I mean, I definitely like to, you know, age one sometime. Yeah. Have the teeth in it or whatever. I feel like, and I, and I could be wrong. I remember Lindsay Thomas Jr. talking about this is, you know, um, uh, environment, which would be what they eat, and age. Those are the two biggest factors, I feel like, is what he talked about when it comes to rack size. And uh, I wonder if, like, your biggest factor where you're at is more aged than it is the environment because they don't really have, 
like we were talking about, they don't have beans and corn sitting around where they can just freaking enjoy all the food they want. They they might have to work a little more for their food. And we're probably talking shit. They probably got so much food that, you know, (laughs) they just, it's different. But um, whereas your biggest factor might be the age side of it. So, like, you shoot that 173, well, that's because he was six and a half or seven or whatever compared to, you know, a guy that's in a a protein-rich environment that might shoot a 170, but he was only four, four and a half, you know, or five and a half. So it took that years maybe a little longer but they get that opportunity to get there but you know we'll never know until you yeah uh, know how old they are yeah that's Absolutely. cool well dom um can you think of anything else i mean that uh, this topic is is super interesting to me just the the idea of you know getting to hunt a deer in a urban environment where you got like life going on I can just picture life going on all around you and you're just chilling in a tree stand. Like nobody knows you're there. (laughs) Just he's doing it except for that dude that wants to talk to you. Um, Like it's just, it's, it's a interesting way to look at hunting and you know, a way that 99% of hunters will never experience because there's just not a lot of hunting that gets to get done in the city. So that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm glad that I get to, um, have kind of best of both worlds, you know, have that city hunting. And also I do get that country hunting, I guess you could call it. Right. Um, so I get both, both sides of it. So I'm definitely grateful to have both, you know, yeah. situations. And so, you're in the thick of it right now. You were out in your shorts today or what, what was that the other day? You uh, it was what Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. I was, yeah. Out in my shorts, man. I was just like, screw it. I'm going to just, sit up in the stand with my shorts and it was it was nice (laughs) this is is off topic but i was watching uh, ted nugent yesterday it was whatever it's called the wild or spirit of the wild whatever it was he shot this uh it was an axis buck or something like that and he's doing his interview and i'm like i'm looking at him like that dude's wearing crocs right now (laughs) (laughs) he did it in crocs yeah that that's funny that you say that because uh I, i'm pretty sure over the years my dad's sat up in the stand with crocs you know a couple different times well it uh, it sounds like you don't have to walk that very far to your stand so why not you know yeah Just you don't lock them into four-wheel drive and make it to the stand man <laughs> there you go yeah yeah i i mean i brought jeans i brought jeans along so i was i and my dad also he was out there that that uh last Sunday with me and he also he's like you know that's a good idea so he sat up in the stand in shorts too but we we both brought our pants along because we we're like well if we stick one you know and we got to trail it we we're gonna want to throw the pants on yep uh, I'll be honest with you if I was hunting last Sunday in that weather by the end of the hunt I probably would have just been butt-ass naked <laughs> it was hot yeah. Now your dad was out there with you. That'd have been a little weird. But if I was by myself, I'd just be like, "Fuck this! I am. <laughs> I'm gonna blend into my surroundings. Looks like a little twig." <laughs> yeah, you and your pale white ass sitting up there. That'd look great. Uh, so, well, Dom, man, we appreciate you coming on and talking about hunting city deer. Um, cool topic. Uh, just a really cool way to to you know hunt and experience and. And then you get to kill some big ass deer, so that's nice too. Yeah, it's freaking awesome, man. Um, love it. You know, bow hunting's my passion, and you know, I'm not 
don't plan on stopping anytime soon, you know, so hopefully I can, it's been a while. Hopefully I can top that 173, but that's going to be, that's going to be a big, that's going to be a challenge. That's going to be hard to do. That's for sure. Yeah. It's going to be real, real hard. All right. So, uh, when you're hardcore bow hunters, it'd be stupid not to ask another hardcore bow hunter this question. What do you shoot? Uh, so I bought, like I said, it was probably around 2008 after 2008, 2009, I ended up buying actually a diamond Marquise, um, bow and had it ever since. And it's like, I'm the type of, I'm the type of guy, type of guy that's like, if it's not broke, why, you know, don't fix it. Hey man. So, so me and you are cut from the same cloth. Cause as yeah. you know, I shoot a 2010 Bowtech assassin. Yeah. Um, yeah. but now I've just met somebody who's shooting an older bow than me. Yep. So son of a bitch. Screw you, yeah. Dom. <laughs> I shouldn't ask the question. <laughs> yeah. What kind of, what kind of, uh, broadhead you, you shooting? So, uh, we actually like to, uh, we, we've switched it up over the years. Um, I like to try different ones out and, um, this year I'm running with, um, slick tricks. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to try those. I've tried expandables of course. Um, last year I shot, um, rage hypodermic year before that I shot those muzzy trocars. Mm-hmm. Um, which slick so trick? We, which slick trick are you shooting? Um, it's the standard. The standard. Yep. Yeah, and my dad bought um the Viper tricks, so he was. I, I went ahead and put one on on one of my arrows, a Viper trick, and but I um, am rocking the standard slick trick. He's, I think he's rocking the Viper trick. Um, so I think that's what we're gonna try this year. Nice. Yeah, I shot. I shot slick trick standards for years. Uh, so, it was the first broadhead I ever shot, and I shot them for a long time. No, they're not yeah. bad at all, man. Yeah. Over the honestly, over the years though, um, from what I've shot and from what my dad shot, the honestly the the best results that we've got from broadheads has actually been Grim Reapers. Um, I've heard of those. The the uh, expandables we've had less bucks out of all the years that we've killed something run is you know they've we've watched most of those bucks have run less yardage yeah uh than some of the other ones so i don't know we may go back to them uh but we like to try try different ones out so i'm not like opposed to anyone you're a you're a tinker you like to try new things that's cool yeah 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 awesome well uh mike you got anything else for dom nope Dom, you got anything else you want to talk about that we didn't hit on? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, covered it pretty well. I think so. we did. Well, Dom Ehler, I said it right, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's correct. Uh, Dom, thanks for coming on with us tonight. Uh, it was a, a really cool to meet you, and um, you know, just kind of cool how we were able to meet and you know uh, able yeah. to talk to you in through that way it's kind of nifty to talk to a a listener of the show and kind of get into that sort of stuff so we appreciate you coming on man yeah no problem i i appreciate it it was it was good to talk to you guys i i was hoping to get on and talk to you guys at some point you know so i i felt like it it was a pretty good topic it's a good one 
Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. I can tell you this: when uh, we we talked originally, I uh, told the guys about you, and it went straight into our queue. You know, we got this yeah. big list that we have together that of stuff we want to talk about, which is growing. But um, it went straight into. We actually have two lists. It's a, a big list, and then like a what do we want to get done pretty quick? Yeah, list. list. And yours was on the one that's like fifteen or less. So good, got it done, man. Good. It's good. It was a good uh, topic, and I like think a lot of people are interested in the city deer, you know, topic. So, yeah, uh, you did always, a good job. Yeah, I'm always open to you know provide information or help people out and and be there and you know talk to them and be like you know it doesn't take a lot of doesn't take a lot of land to kill kill deer off of you know nope. just takes that right habitat and right scenario. Yeah, exactly. So do you want to push your social media or anything out there? Or do you want to just keep that in the back, <laughs> in the back? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I get on Instagram a little bit. Um, I'm not on there as much as I probably should be, but, uh, I think my Instagram is Dom Paul 50. I believe that's what it is. Like I said, I don't get on there a whole lot, but I, I've got, uh, some of the bucks that I've killed over the years on that, on Instagram. Uh, I got that buck that I would say would have hit 150 last year that I screwed up on and couldn't find that. Like I said, probably is, was laying in someone's backyard. Uh, he's on there. Um, so I've got quite, quite a few stuff on there. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. And that way, if somebody's got a question for you that might be kind of in the same scenario, uh, they can get a hold of you and ask you. Yeah. So, oh, and by the way, yeah. shout out to our listener. Uh, speaking of listeners, uh, Matthew Sadler. Matthew, oh, yeah, Matthew was our listener that won the uh, the Tupac uh, song title or song titles yeah. that I spit out during that show. Uh, <laughs> he was the one that won the hat, and I freaking forgot to ship it to him. <laughs> so as soon as we get done recording tonight, I'm putting it in a box, and it's going to go out to him tomorrow. Matthew, thanks for being patient. He actually didn't even he didn't even say nothing. Yeah, it just hit me that I'm like, wait, did I ever send that hat to him? So thanks for being really cool about it, Matt. We will get it to you ASAP. Um, we appreciate guys like Matthew and Dom um, being involved with us and getting to do stuff like this. So, Dom uh, Ehler, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it, sir. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, we'll appreciate see you. It. Yep. All right, thank you, Dom, for coming on the show. We appreciate it, man. Pretty, pretty interesting and fascinating and just all-out awesome type of hunting, you know. I, I would try it. Oh, I would definitely try it. I mean, if you had, I mean, in some aspects, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but uh, I don't either. I've tried looking for those honey hole pl- spots in close to neighborhoods and cities mm-hmm. and stuff, and I haven't found one yet that I've been able to get permission on anyways. So that's pretty cool that he's got himself a little honey hole there that uh, is producing, you know, world-class whitetail. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, it it is pretty cool, and um, there's just there's less land in cities than there is in the country, so there's going to be less opportunities for hunting. But that doesn't mean you can't find them. So you know, for folks that um, are listening that are in cities, just I mean, start looking at maps, and I mean, oh I hell, there's three freaking acres right here that's that's all timber. Right. Wonder who owns it. 
I so selfishly wanted to ask, be like, dude, just drop me a pin. I just want to see it from the aerial <laughs> view of what you got going on. I'm not going to approach or I know, won't be there till next Thursday. <laughs> so chill. <laughs> but no, I just like I wanted to see it. Wanted to see it so bad. But yeah, uh, you know, that's I think he's a nice enough guy. He would have showed us, but. Yeah, I'm not the those, type of guy that wants yeah. to ask those questions. I know. Yeah. Same. I don't. I don't want to ask. I it. like to let them have their privacy. Right. Exactly. Keep your, you keep. Yeah. I'm don't not, ask me where my pins are. I won't ask you where your pins. Yeah. So that's usually how it works. Show so. me mine. I'll show you. Is that how that works? Show me yours. I'll show you mine. I guess in that aspect. Yeah. Okay. We still talking about Matt pins? Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. So, but again, thank you, Dom. We appreciate it. Uh, until next time, guys. All right. Later. See you.